Hello and welcome to the Beyond Resilience Life podcast, a show about life adversity, how to overcome it and transform your life. This is your host, Dr. Lidiana Garcia, a licensed psychologist in Los Angeles, California. And even though my hope is to deliver information that can be helpful for you to overcome adversity and transform your life, it is not meant to be a substitute for being diagnosed and treated by a licensed mental health, medical, and related professional. Hello, everyone, and Happy New Year. This is your host, Dr. Lidiana Garcia, and here we have a new episode in a new year. Oh, it must feel so amazing for many that 2020 is out, <laughs> it's done. I mean, some people even think that 2021 will be worse, but in general, I think we can all agree that most of us feel happy that 2020 is done. And with this new month comes all these new things about New Year's resolution. But I think a lot of you after last year are considering different alternatives to that. So I applaud you. And if you want to listen to more kind of a ritual that I like to do, and I did last year, you can listen to that episode and we'll link it here in the show notes. And it's different ways on how to start a new year. But today, what I'm going to talk about is actually how to create a self-regulation plan. I realized that I have this tool that I've been announcing via multi-social media. And it's what we call freebie. So it's something that you can you just have to log into the page and you have to put your information and you can get the self-regulation plan. And now I have this way that if you want to join our newsletter, then you have to consent to get into it. But that will be another way of getting into the newsletter. So I was thinking, I haven't done an episode explaining this because I mean, you can do this without the PDF. It's just if you want it, then over here in the show notes, you can click and you can actually pause the recording if you want to get the download and print it out. And that way you can follow along. You do you. But in the general, the whole idea is, I think it's so important for everybody to create a self-regulation plan and have an idea of what to do instead of waiting to be dysregulated and being struggling and then not even being able to tap into what to do. Because if you've been listening to me and listened to previous episodes that I talk a little bit more about it, but our brain also gets, it's not integrated when we're dysregulated. And what happens is that we go into different survival responses and our ability to problem solve, think and to do all those things it's kind of like a little bit more in the background. It's a little more shut down. So that's why I think it's super important that we work on getting ourselves regulated and how I like to say, mostly from a bottom up. So that way our brain gets synchronized and integrated and then you can access the problem solving. So, okay, so that's the whole idea of this and the self-regulation plan. It's mostly again, starting from the bottom up, but it also has a little bit of top down. And when I say that, in case you have no idea what I mean, is starting from your body via your senses so you can kind of ground yourself and come back before doing anything like affirmations or anything like that. Okay. So if you already downloaded the PDF, or even if you don't, I'm just going to guide you through the whole thing. So let's begin. At the beginning, I like to bring the awareness of doing a self-assessment of where you are. And what do I mean with that? It's really hard for you to figure out what to do 
if you have no idea where you are. So like what is going on? And of course, this is going to be a practice and it's going to take some time at the beginning. If you're very dysregulated, it will be really hard for you to be able to tap into this. But these next questions are simple enough that most people are able to respond. So let's start. So it's as you do your your self-assessment is like, what is the self-assessment or what's going on right now in terms of your level of distress? So one of the questions is, how do I feel? Or you can do in terms of the distress level from zero to 10, what is the distress level? And 10 being the most and zero, which mostly nobody's at zero. You know what it means. But if from a scale of zero to 10, 10 being the most, what is the, in the form I have the intensity of the feeling, but it's the same as the distress level at the moment. And then the other question is, where do you feel it? Where do you feel this in your body? What kind of sensations are you noticing as you're tapping into that distress level? And the third question is, how in control of not losing it do you feel? From zero to 10, 10 being the most in control. So now it's like the opposite, right? So the higher you are in the control level, then you most likely are not going to lose it. And the higher you are in the distress level means that it might be harder. So you can work with this and continue your whole process of self-assessment. And what I love about this is that the more that you do it, then you're going to figure out yourself. Maybe your distress level was caused by fear. And the more that you do this, you might notice that even though you might be, let's say, from zero to 10, the distress level, the level of, of fear is eight. And even though you might feel like you're not in control, like a level three, that, you know, four would like kick you out. And I'm just, this is just an example, but it's just to, so you can start noticing what kind of emotions are harder for you to quote unquote, not lose it. Because when you're able to figure that out and able to feel how it feels in your body, then you're able to kind of plan ahead. And this is like the more that you learn about yourself, that the more that you'll be able to access the resources and the recommendations that I'll share later. So that's the whole aspect, you know, the whole purpose of it, not aspect, purpose of this. And again, it takes practice. And it's like how you're, it's like you're building a relationship with yourself. This is something that most people are not taught to be aware of. On the contrary, we're taught to not pay attention to our bodies and just use our mind and keep on going. You're afraid, keep on going. You're anxious, keep on going. All those kind of things. So it might be so new that at the beginning, it might be like, oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. But keep on, keep on asking yourself three simple questions. My distress level from zero to 10, 10 being the most. Where do I feel it and what, sensa- what kind of sensations and how in control do you feel from zero to 10 again? Okay. What, there was something else I wanted to share about this. Yeah. The other thing, again, as you keep discovering different emotions and different sensations and different feelings, then the whole thing is like, when you're trying to figure out what sensations you feel, one idea that could be helpful that I've used is you can just draw like a person, but not a person, just like the silhouette of a person, like a, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's just like a silhouette of a body, head to toe. And then you can color code 
different emotions or feelings, sadness, anger, fear, worries, hope, happiness, love, whatever. I usually do this with with kids and with adults as well. And usually I just do the basic four. So sad, anger, hope or love and and fear, fear or worries. And I color code them. I usually put red for anger, blue for sadness, green for worries or fear, and then yellow for, I think I usually do hope or love. And then you kind of like go and color code it in terms of in your body, in that body silhouette drawing, where do you feel those emotions in your body? And what's the difference? So a lot of people can put pinpoint like anger in the heart, the same as hope, the same as sadness. And then, but then they're able to distinguish, oh, but when it's, when it's like sadness is like this, like, like a punch in my heart kind of sensation. When it's love is more like an expansion. When it's worry is like a shaking of the heart or something like that, you know, so that you're able, the more that you keep learning how the sensations feel in your body, then it would be much, much helpful down the road with many, many things. So something to definitely keep in mind. Okay. Now you already did the assessment in terms of where are you in the distress level, the feelings and all those kind of things. So now let's move to the next step. Okay. So the other thing that I have in the plan is depending on you, but in general, if you, the stress level or feeling intensity, how I name it in the form is over seven or eight and your control rate is below seven. So you're like, distress about seven or eight, nine, and then you feel like less than seven in control to proceed to the ones that I'm then going to discuss. So in other words, if you are about to lose it and you feel very intense distress, then go here that I'm going to go now instead of just going to the C area. So the B area is things to do to help you regulate right now. And here are some ideas that I have done with my clients when they have called in crisis mode and that I find that works the best. Number one, and here are some ideas and then you can explore them. You can put a check mark or something so that way you know those work for you. And the idea of this is that you practice this not necessarily when you're dysregulated. So that way you can you can create like a little habit in your brain and in your mind to use those. So don't wait to practice this only when you're dysregulated. Practice them whenever you can. So that way, when you are dysregulated, you can remember to have that. Because how many of you have all these great resources, but then you forget to use them, right? It takes like a little create the habit. So I'm going to read several and then you can write them the ones, practice them. So number one, push the, against the wall. So it's literally like put your hands, like if you're going to do like a wall push up or something like that. So you're leaning all your weight in your hands against the wall and you're pushing against it for several seconds. Number two, lay on the floor with your legs raised on a chair or against the wall. Number three, drink cold water. Number four, put an ice pack or frozen veggies near the neck, thighs, or forearms. This is my go-to when somebody is definitely losing it or they feel like they're going to like, yeah, like the... They call me like really like in a panic attack. If they have access, if they're in their home 
an ice pack, frozen veggies near the neck, thighs, and forearms can kind of snap people out. And then I can do the other ones. This is not like just just do one. A lot of times it's it's like like a chain of effect. Like you do one and then you do the other one. But that's another one. Number four, if you're more into sports, then something like doing five burpees or other similar exercises, like staying in plank for 30 seconds or something like that. Another of, I already stopped with the counting, like um, another of, if you're more into exercise and fitness, 15 jumping jacks or how many you feel like it. The other one is laying against the wall while squatting. Probably you remember those wall squats that you had to do in gym class. And the idea of that is like your whole back is against the wall and then your feet are several feet in front and then you squat and then you're using the whole force like you like your neck is even like against the wall so all your strength is coming from your thighs that tends to be really helpful because it brings it tends to bring people back it's really hard for you to you know <laughs> be in it and then if you hold it for like 30 seconds or even a little bit more push a heavy ball or something similar like a furniture you have some like one of those dumbbells for not like weight dumbbells, but the one like the little round thing right now, I can't remember the name, but anything heavy that you're kind of pushing or holding it or something like that. And of course, be careful because I know I'm mentioning some things that are more health related or that you're using your body. So just be conscious about your body and what you can and cannot do. The other one is take a walk, counting and walking fast. So it's kind of like you're walking and then you're counting the steps. And I have this little sequence, you can change it, but it's just this idea of starting walking really fast for like about 25 steps or counts. And then you start walking like half of that, half percent of that fast, like less fast <laughs> or slower, I should say, <laughs> for like about 25 counts again. And then do 25 more steps very, very slow. So it's kind of like consciously going from like really high to like really low, 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 low. So that's the idea of that. And again, you can do it on counting steps or however you feel like it. The next one, you've heard me say it, but this one is about identifying five things that you see, four sounds, three different textures, two different smells or things that you can smell, and then drink or eat something, even if it's just one bite. So it's like that five, four, three, two, one exercise that is all about getting back into your five senses. You can change this as well, especially if you're in a place that there's not that many different sounds. You can usually five things that you can see that tends to be easy and you just name it out loud. But if you're in a place that there's not that many sounds, then you can do the four textures and then three sounds or two smells, you know, you play with that. However, that is for you. And it's something that is supposed to be done or not supposed to be done. This, there's no supposed. It's whatever works for you. But it's something that I recommend to be done fast. So it's not like you're thinking, mm, which one is like whatever comes into your mind. So if you're seeing things, that's the what you're going to see. If you hear sounds, that's what it's going to be. So it tends to be like an exercise that it goes fast. Five things you see, four sounds, three different textures two smells and either swallow, take a bite or drink. So those are all the different ones that I tend to go to. Those are the ones that I even do in my practice. 
So I'm giving you the inside scoop for you. Reflect on that, practice that, and make a note about the ones that tend to work for you. Of course, also take in consideration the place that you're at, because if you're at work and maybe you don't have any privacy, if you're doing different things and you don't like the attention, then that might not be the place. Then maybe the counting, the walking, the drinking cold water or something like that, that it looks more discreet. And follow your gut. I also have in the PDF a section that is other to spots so you can add other things that help you come back a little bit so you're not about to lose it. That's the whole idea about this part is like slow down so you're not about to lose it. You're not about to scream. You're not about to break things or or engage alcohol use or something that you don't want to do. This is just to stop you from that. And then the next step, because I mentioned this is not like a one thing. I wish it was that easy, but it's not necessarily. So then the next step will be the part C in the document that I call using the five senses. And this I've mentioned in another podcast, but I'll just review it. So here is for you to start identifying things that are helpful for you, things or activities via your five senses that can assist in your self-care and self-regulation. And right now is whatever you identify, and then you can create a plan. So that's the last step. So start with things that you can see. So this can include images, visualizations, actual objects, pictures, anything that you can be at that sense. And that way you can kind of like write them right there. And then in terms of all of that, and I usually recommend at least if you can five, then also things that you can hear that can include music, overall sounds of nature, animals, sounds, sea-related sounds that you might like. Then you can also identify things that taste. So things this can include food, gums, candies, texture, drink, smell. That can include perfumes, candles, food-related, nature-related, essential oils, etc., etc. And touch. That can include clothing, pillows, molding toys, temperature, weighted items, anything that you touch, any brings that sense of comfort. So after you write those hopefully five in each. I'm going to probably add this when I renew this, but I would also add movement, any kind of movement that provides a sense of comfort. I'm also going to add probably gestures, any kind of gestures that you can do to yourself that could be like a self-hug or caressing your face or touching and playing with your hands, um, different things like that. But I'm going to definitely add in terms of movement for more about those up and down, side to side, and those other different senses that could be also really helpful in the self-regulation. Then I also have in the form the support network. And this part is because even though it's a self-regulation, the best way to regulate is co-regulating. And at the same time, especially right now with everything going on, we have been challenged to change a little bit of the way that we interact with others, right? Because of the pandemic and everything. So however, you can still make contact with others. It's just right now, it might be a little harder because of everything going on. But I think it's still very important to explore. So co-regulation refers to the ability to get to a regulated state with someone else. It can be through the other person doing something helpful or merely being there when in need and listening in a validating and non-judgmental way. This can include people, pets, hotlines, online support groups, ancestors, 
people that you admire, etc., etc. So the whole process is to identify and name the people and others like pets, hotlines and all that that you can go to or call or, or even like in your imagination if it's an ancestor or something like that. The people that you can go to when you feel dysregulated and their method of contact, whether it's a phone number, a social media handle, meditation, whatever it is that you do, texting or whatever it is that you do, WhatsApp or any kind of social media that you do to kind of get a hold of them. Then I have this list that you can just create a list of different emotions or even triggering experiences or doing something. Yeah, like things that provide like trigger you, <laughs> triggering experience. And then you add like a little table that you have the emotion, the things that trigger you and all that. And then you have a second column that is about the person or, you know, the hotline, the pets and any of that. And then the method and then a third column with method of contact. So that way you can have it. In this PDF form, I just focus on the emotions and I have one that is about is for anger, frustration, irritability or related emotions. And then the whole idea is to identify at least one person, ideally two or three or again, a hotline, a group or something. And then in the third column, like I mentioned, the method of contact and that's how it goes. And then I have another row with the emotion of sadness or related emotions a third row of happiness or related emotions because it is also important to connect when we're having kind of more happy or emotions that are not necessarily on the side of dysregulate, like getting you dysregulated or feeling dysregulated. But I think it's important because a lot of times people are only looking to connect when in distress. And for the other person or the other community, only receiving that is also not going to help for them to feel comfortable to be there for you only when you're in distress, right? So is this like a co-regulation is like a give and take. So also connecting when you're feeling good and, and to start creating that pattern because something else that happens is when people are experiencing a lot of trauma or depression, they tend to isolate and they tend to be by themselves and does not necessarily help for their healing journey. So all those different reasons to mention that it's okay and great to also put emotions like happiness, excitement or related emotions, hope or related emotions for you to explore. Who do you like to connect with and what is the method of contact? And the last one, if I haven't mentioned yet, is the worried, anxious, panicky or related emotions. So those are the ones that I have here in the column, but you can kind of create and I also leave space for other, but you can kind of create either emotions or things that trigger you as the first column, second column, person or group or all the things that I mentioned, and the third column, the method of contact. So that way you have it written down. Now putting it all together. So this last part is now that you identify what can you do when you feel like you're going to lose it, different things that you can do for your via your five senses and like community and co-regulating, then over here, it's how can you put it all together and figure out a plan for you to use? Because it would be great to identify all those things via your five senses, but then uh -huh, you're in the dysregulated mode and you don't have access to anything. So when I created this, I created with the idea and the image of having like a little imaginary, but actually like a real bag or something that you can carry certain things that can help you feel regulated. 
The same that you plan ahead, at least I do when I go out now that I have to wear the mask, I have to bring the keys, I have to bring my water because otherwise I go crazy if I don't have water with me. So the same would be for this is like when you go out that you bring with you different things that help you to get regulated. And then if you think if you have any children, then that will be amazing as well. Having them like a little bag or something that they can create visual and concrete stuff that they can use when they get dysregulated. And what do I mean with that? Scent. So smelling is one of the most primitive. And you've heard me probably say this in previous episodes. So having something that feels really good, that when you smell it, it grounds you and it gets you into an imagination of something, then it's amazing and it could be really helpful and it's something very simple. You can carry it whether you have an essential oil, like travel lotion, scented lotion, a piece of something that has a smell. There's the lava bracelets or necklaces that you can add scent to it. There's so many different things, the perfume, you know, there's all different things that you can have accessible that way. Something else that I like is something texture wise. So that could be something that you like, even a jewelry that you move around and touching it kind of reminds you and grounds you a different type of textile that you can put like a little piece in your bag, like a clothing Like if you're going to go to somewhere and you know that you might, that is a triggering place or something, wearing a type of clothing that provides that sense of comfort, whether it is if you're in a weather (laughs) that you can do this, a scarf or something that you can also wrap shoulders around to kind of feel cozy. So all those things, the same that you plan ahead when you dress up based on weather and all those things to also keep in mind having those items that can help you get back into feeling regulated, having the contact information on of people or groups or hotlines and stuff that you can have to help you if you get dysregulated. And then remembering all those other ones, the pushing against the wall and all those kind of things. So maybe having like a water bottle with ice and with a really cold drink that you can put near your neck or near your forearms if you are afraid that you're going to have a panic attack somewhere. So it's the idea of planning and practicing these little things as much as possible. So if you're going to like be in your house, maybe create a habit. And that's why I have in that last page, like creating a daily activity. And when I say daily activity, as often as possible for you, it doesn't have to be daily. And if it's not daily, it's not for you to add into another <laughs> in the list of guilt or something else that you didn't do. That's not the whole point of this. And I want to pause here. And because I think this is really important when we think about self-care, for some people, they might need it to be another to-do list until they get into the habit. But for many people, they already have a lot in their plates. So adding something else that they cannot complete it and add into the shame is never been my intention. This is more for you to be helpful. And as much as possible, it could be something simple like smelling something. And if you have accessibility, ability of going out and visually like looking into nature. It could just be 30 seconds of that. You can have pictures in your phone of you can create a music playlist that you can have accessible. There's so many different things that you can do and we continue to not do it because we avoid, right? But if you plan it ahead and you practice it here and there, then when you are dysregulated, then you'll be able to access it. So so start ending this episode as this last thing as you put it all together. If you think of an activity that you can do 
as often as possible, a time of day that you'll do it and what it will be. So that way you can start putting it into practice and it just doesn't stay in the, this is another great idea. So that's basically the whole self-regulation plan. If you have any questions, I am looking forward to hear from you. I hope this is helpful. I hope you get something out of this. And if you want the PDF, just click in the link here below, get it access. And I'm looking forward to having more people regulated, right? <laughs> Including myself. Thank you again. Happy New Year. May 2021 be the best year ever for you. And if it's not starting on the good note, just know that we're all here together and I'm sending you my best intentions and love. Thank you so much for your support and I'm looking forward to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening to the Beyond Resilience Life podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. If you like this episode, please make sure to review it and comment on it and share it with your friends and family. Until next time. 